Welcome back to another episode of Life in Space. Today is a different kind of episode. We're going to switch it up this time. In fact, if you can hear the music in the background, it's a little bit different. It's uh, not my music, but we're going to be doing a movie review, if you would call it, I guess, a movie review. Uh, This uh, movie is actually one of my all-time favorites. In fact, some people say it's the worst movie ever made, but I think Howard the Duck by George Lucas is one of my all-time favorite 80s films. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because I was born around the time that it actually came out, but uh, this movie was just, in my mind, blew my mind as a child, I guess, if you want to say. Uh, this guy walks around in a little duck outfit, I guess, and he is like this dude, this duck, doing duck things on a duck world and comes to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Why, you ask? Uh, Well, because they were testing out some sort of device. It was like a tractor beam of some sort, and they zapped him down to Earth. And uh, this movie, it's actually been a a very well-talked about movie. Uh, Howard the Duck. It's one of the most talked about movies of all time, in fact, they say. Howard the Duck lands on DVD for the first time ever in an all-new special edition. That's the one we're listening to right now. So, I mean, I'll talk about it, and then we'll just kind of like... give our thoughts and everything and i'll just kind of give you an idea what's happening in fact right now the beginning's playing and you see basically what's going on in howard's world uh he's feeding his fish he's doing normal things that humans would do in fact and this movie actually can kind of be a little misleading in some way because it's almost like he's a human himself he knows how to speak english he watches tv so right now he's drinking a beer and watching tv so this is uh, one of those movies that I find is just very unique and different and something that uh, is near and dear to me. So yeah, there he is, Howard the Duck. He's sitting on the couch smoking a cigar. That's pretty funny. And it's quite amazing how they created this whole world revolving around a different species so basically howard is you know a duck obviously i just mentioned that many times and he uh is basically like the human version of a duck that basically is just like you and me <laughs> and it's too funny how they have like all these dramas and stuff on a tv it looks just like it would be in our world super awesome man and like i said when i first saw this as a child this blew my mind this movie was just out of this world and uh in fact uh i actually saw it i think it was actually on hbo hbo did a special where they did like you know movies at the time and i think this one and turner and hooch were the two very first films that i seen as a child and uh yeah so i had a vhs copy of this i believe at the time yeah so as as the introduction is going through you'll hear that he's uh about to be sent to earth here he's gonna get zapped out in outer space right now so 
Casey, did you hear something? <laughs> it's the craziest conception. I mean, literally, I mean, he's flying through walls in a chair, and he's going to get flung out in outer space. And the great thing I love about these 80s films is that they, they literally had no CGI at the time. I mean, very, very little. So basically everything that they had to do was on some sort of scale of a, like a model or something. So they had to actually build sets and build things in order to actually make things look realistic. Of course, they're in outer space now and his, his, his planet is shaped like an egg. That's hilarious. And he's flung out into the to the cosmos right now. And uh, let's see, here's the induction. Countless worlds upon worlds, worlds without end. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. But what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here, all is real and all is illusion. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words In the beginning there was Howard the Duck Yeah, man. That, that introduction blew my mind. I mean, he's like flying through space and the craziest things are happening. And what's cool is this is a very open-minded film. Uh, they really show you how, like, there could be just all these worlds everywhere, all over the galaxies and universe and whatever. And so any any possible reality you could think of is possible. And uh, what we're going to do here, uh, for the sake of the podcast, is we'll, we'll scroll through some of the favorite parts of mine and we'll just kind of, like, talk about it. And we'll have it play in the background. Maybe we'll cut it down just a tiny bit. And then I'll just talk about kind of, like, what I really you know, remember about this film and why it was so significant to me. And uh, what's interesting is that a lot of people actually don't know this is uh, a George Lucas film, and it was actually made by Marvel, too. Uh, Universal was the one that put this out. So Universal Studios Home Entertainment. Yeah. And uh, this film, it just takes on a very interesting concept that we could actually have multiple universes or multiple realities and this is always something that I've always thought was very, very interesting. So, the beginning they kind of had like this whole scene where he's at a club and everything. So, and he's actually going to be a hero in this film, technically. Uh, there's this lady, uh, I believe Leah Thompson plays this uh, woman who's in a band. And he's actually about to save her in an alleyway. We'll go ahead and we'll scroll through here. And uh, he's uh, about to kick some dude's butt right now with Quack Fu, by the way. See, Quack Fu. And so basically this little dude is kicking ass right now, so it's pretty funny. And they, they even said that this, this suit, I think, costed them like $2 million to make, I think. If, I'm, if I got my facts straight, they, it spent, they spent a lot of money on this little duck suit. And a midget, there's actually a midget that plays the character that runs around in the suit. So I thought that was also a really interesting touch to the film, that they actually had somebody in this suit. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't have a robot doing that, especially in the 80s. It would be obvious if there was, like, something robotic about this guy. And, you know, before they did, like, these Muppet characters and things like that, they didn't really have a realistic look or a realistic walk to them. So there's actually a dude in there, uh, a midget, that's walking around doing all these movements. And uh, Howard's actual face 
itself that goes up into his beak or whatever you might call it uh, is actually robotic. So when he's talking, you can actually see his lips moving, and those are actually the only robotic thing that's on the suit. And the eyes, I guess. The eyes actually are robotic as well. But those are the only aspects of this suit that actually have a robotic uh, you know, characteristic to it. So anyway, he uh, kicks these dudes' butts, and now he's gonna go hang out with this uh, this lady. She's in a band. Uh, he has nowhere to go. He's totally lost, and nobody knows where he came from. They're freaked out. People are totally freaked out of this guy. Uh, this duck walking around. I mean, if you obviously seen a you know a little child-sized duck running around like a human, I think it would blow your mind too. So Cleveland. So yeah, he he landed up in Cleveland. <laughs> he doesn't know the planet. Oh well. The planet's called Earth, I think. And I'm obviously in some sort of terrible nightmare. Oh yeah. See, people Your people don't even understand what he is at first. So, uh as we scroll through here, there's actually a point in time where she takes him to a scientist. But before that, they hang out and they actually become friends and stuff, which actually, in some sense, is kind of weird because it's like an animal and a human. So there, there was actually a little bit of talk back in the day about how this was actually kind of unusual that the, basically this, this lady, she was hanging around with this duck and he kind of ultimately became like her friend. And so, yeah, the, the misconception of like, you know, a human with an animal was kind of tossed around at the time. So. But he, he, I guess he was like a, a commercial writer or something like that, I guess, at his own planet. So he wrote commercials for, like, uh, perfumes and things like that. He just showed a bottle of perfume. Howard, that's it. Maybe that's why you're here. I mean, I believe that there are no accidents in the universe. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Are you nuts? I got no intention of being stranded here. I gotta get back. So ultimately, he wants to get back home because obviously he feels like he doesn't belong in this planet. So, I mean, if you were a little duck running around, obviously, you'd probably think the same thing too. Unless you were a real duck, but. And that's the theme. They always play this theme. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's so funny, this film. They basically make it as real as possible in the sense that during the 80s, they didn't have all of that CGI stuff. Now, if they had CGI today, I'm pretty sure it would look like some weird Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. But, uh, you know, it was believable in the sense that this guy was really a duck. And uh, I really commend them for doing such a good job, especially at that time. Uh, you know, Marvel, who was, I guess, Marvel was one of the uh, characters. He was actually a Marvel character. Howard the Duck was actually a comic book at the time. And uh, it was like this duck from space. And he had like human, superhuman, well, not really super so much, but he was like a human in the sense that he was kind of like unusual. There's even fake money in the wallet. He, she's looking at a wallet on the ground that he dropped, and there's like a George Washington with a beak. It's pretty funny. Howard. All right, so as we're going through here, we're going to skip through a little bit. There's a crazy scientist guy that she brings him to, and he can't believe that he found uh, a loose connection, I guess, in some genealogy of ducks. Because <laughs> he's comparing man to monkeys, so... 
Satan's oldest fantasy. Across a sea of stars, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a duck. Well, <laughs> it's a God duck. help us. What are we gonna do? Nice ducky. And he he has no idea that he can actually speak, and you know, he's just like him. So he's like treating him like he's like a caveman in a sense. And now he's trying to, you know, insult him by, you know, talking like Daffy the Duck or something. Yeah. So basically after this, he, he kind of gets irritated with the scientist guy and he ends up going to get a job. So let me skip through here a little bit. And since he has like no identity and no uh, like you know social security number or anything like that, it's it's really difficult to get a job. So he ends up working in some like strange spa or whatever. Now, as as for this part of the film, I'm not sure why this is a part of the film necessarily. I guess maybe they want to show you that uh, in a sense that he's kind of like uh, undocumented. You know, he, he can't actually be a part of the real society. So he's working behind the scenes in like an underground kind of territory or something like that. Uh, but as for this part of the film, it's kind of irrelevant. Like, I mean, the whole story that's happening here is kind of a bit irrelevant. We seem to have a plugged up air jet. In number five. And? And? And since uh, you are supposed to be the water expert I asked for. Okay, so he's he's a water expert. They think because he's a duck, he's a water expert. No, 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 wait, wait. I got a better idea. Wait, wait. I can't swim. Whoops, yeah, a duck that can't swim. All right, now let's skip through here. Uh, we're going to see... Okay, this is uh, basically just some clips of uh, when Howard kind of like walks away from this character, the main character, uh, the lady in the beginning. Uh, she kind of misses him, so he's like, uh, you know, out and about doing his own duck stuff. He comes back. He finally realizes that uh, she's probably the one that he's going to get the best odds of surviving with. But uh, let's see here. We'll skip through a little bit further. Uh, so anyway, he's talking to some managers of hers and kind of showing them who's boss and uh, basically telling them. Yeah, so he's trying to collect money, I guess. The money these guys owe her. Or is this going to be trouble? <laughs> and you don't want to double cross Howard. I mean, he'll he'll kick your butt. Now in this part, I guess maybe he gets his butt kicked. But either way, he's gonna get mad. This is kind of when his superpower kicks in. He's able to almost have superhuman strength in a sense. All right. Now it's my turn. Hey, come on, don't think you're shut up. <laughs> you got it. 
Man. That's crazy. He's, he, he just smacked somebody over the head with a big bottle of uh, vodka and busted it right over his head. And he kind of has this struggle throughout the film. Throughout the film, there's certain certain areas where he actually gets in these arguments with people or with uh, particular groups and stuff. So uh, as, as the movie kind of progresses, it kind of gets a little slow at this point until he meets this scientist, this guy that actually created like this tractor beam. Hit my planet? How about hit my living room? Talk about an invasion of privacy. When the beam hit, you must have been caught up in a massive energy inversion which literally dragged you through space. Now, it's kind of a ridiculous concept, you know, that they could actually have like some sort of like tractor beam or something. Yeah, they saw a feather fall from the sky and then they, I guess that's like a clue. I don't know. <laughs> we weren't aware that the rest of you, Howard, had landed in that alley just two miles away. Any questions? Yeah. Where are my pants? <laughs> and they, they keep this humor, I guess, going throughout the entire film. So, I mean, he's kind of like this outrageous character that has, like, you know, a bit of humor added to it. But, you know, he, he doesn't let anybody push him around. That's basically what, Pow you know, Howard wants to, you know, everybody to know is that he's the kind of guy that doesn't want to be pushed around by anybody. Wait a second, you can't put... Kirby, you got a thing in here? Uh, thing. Yeah, now they they discovered him. Uh, he came back to the uh, the science facility, and they want to take him in. The government wants to take him in for experiments and things like that and such. But what they don't realize is that because of all this that you know actually happened, they didn't just pick up Howard. They actually picked up some sort of evil force in the universe that was picked up along the way when Howard came. And so this evil source actually gets zapped into the the professor. And this is the first scene right here where he actually shows signs that he's being like almost controlled by this uh, demon in a sense. It's like a demon that got into him. What's wrong with me? There's the back gate. Good, there's no cops. Oh, I don't have a gate key. You got a foot, don't you? So step on it. And he's always making like these crazy sounds like, like, like I'm this crazy guy that wants to come out. Now, now the FBI or whoever police is uh, in charge, and they're like, they're they're basically gonna try to track him down before everything gets way out of hand. But what we don't realize is that they're actually gonna make their way back to the science laboratory. You're in shock from the explosion, and you're imagining things. Watch where you're going, damn it! And they actually make it pretty dramatic in this scene where they're driving around and they're doing some different stunts and stuff with the vehicle and stuff. Yeah, so there's like some sort of evil entity inside the professor right now. But they're basically gonna keep driving around until they make it to like this diner. And this diner scene is like the best ever. Hey. Have a heart. Seeing eye duck. Touching, isn't it? Things get way out of hand in this diner. Uh, basically, they sit down at this table, and some dudes start provoking the professor, and then his true colors come out, and you'll see he gets insane. 
she comes. Wow! Your kid's costume is really radical. And the the waitress actually thinks that the uh, Howard du Howard the Duck is actually a kid in a costume. They think she thinks it's like some sort of like Halloween trick. Sort of in his own space. What do you think he'd like to eat? I no longer need human food. <laughs> I know it's a drag, but you're gonna have to order some food if you want to sit here. So, um, how about the specials on the menu? You are about to witness the end of the old world and the birth of the new. And as of now, nobody really believes what he's saying. They're like, kind of like rolling their eyes, thinking like he's just out of his head and he's just insane. It's okay, Howard. Why don't we just have three specials and three beers? Right. <laughs> so he's basically trying to manifest some sort of energy. And this is very confusing at first because... I don't understand anything you're yeah. talking about. Mm -hmm. All I know is I need that laser machine to get me home. Is it still working, Jenning? Jenning? I told you, bird brain, I am not Jenning anymore. I am now one of the dark overlords of the universe. This is when the movie takes a real dark turn. That must be quite a responsibility. Tonight, the laser beam hit the nexus of Sominus. What is that? A suburb of Cleveland? <laughs> it lies beyond the planets. It is a region of demons. Mm. To which we mm. dark overlords were exiled eons ago. I hope you're getting all this. Howard, what I'm getting is that this man is very, very sick. Just as you were brought down here. Yeah, so now basically we see what's really happening in the film. So uh, not only is Howard trying to get back home at this point, he actually has to then navigate through all this crazy things and shenanigans that this guy's going to end up having, you know, or causing, I guess, for Howard. Now, now he gets really irritated with some dudes in the diner, and you'll see he, he, ba he basically rips his whole place apart. Yeah, there's a special key for this laser beam that they need, and if they don't have it, then... They basically can't start this thing up, so that's what they're gonna try to get back. I guess the guy took it from him. All right, we'll go ahead and skip a little further. Now, now everybody's terrorizing the duck, and you'll see a professor gets up. He gets all crazy. Bring me the code key, Howard. Right, the code key. You heard him. Cut me loose. Sounds like a bunch of bull puppies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he's got like the superpower to like basically manipulate things energy wise, I guess you could say. But. At this point, the whole film gets almost kind of ridiculous. I mean, basically, uh, he takes off with uh, the girl, uh, and they need to chase him down. So they get in, like, this helicopter, gyrocopter thing. I don't know what you would call it. And they fly back to the power plant, or or actually, he's the bad guy's going to the power plant to get an energy of some sort, and then he's going to return back to the facility where they arm this big laser or whatever. Hot 
to get you, sweetheart. But yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's really interesting how they pulled together this whole uh, part where they're flying around uh, in this helicopter thing. It's actually not a helicopter. What do you call this thing? It's like a like a model of like a plane, sort of, with wings and like these tires. It's like ridiculous. It's like this little tiny little flying device. So he's kid kidnapped the girl. He's at the power plant. He's got, basically going to charge up and get all this electricity. We'll skip through this, though. Now he's got, like, super mega ultra, like, exploding powers of some sort. <laughs> so at this point, he's actually pretty scary looking. This, this guy is, like, insane. Uh... And for some reason, they're still trying to kill the duck. And to put in this kind of effort into a film with the uh, actual live action scenes happening here, uh, I mean, it had to have been somewhat of a risk to do because some of this stuff, they had to have stunt coordination and people actually performing all this stuff. And basically, if I could just wrap up the rest of it, and I don't mean to spoil the entire film, but they're going to go back to this factory. They're going to defeat the guy, the, you know, this scientist guy, get the demon out of him. And then basically at the end, uh, Howard decides that he wants to stay. So he actually doesn't go back to his planet. He stays with uh, uh, the character that plays Beverly. Leah Thompson, she she plays Beverly, and so he stays with her, I guess. But as we can see, they're activating the laser. This dude's gonna bring down more demons, and so they have to stop him before the, before he does that. If he brings these demons to Earth, everybody's totally screwed. And this is like some stuff that, like, I mean, if you really want to see like the ending to this film, watch it. I'm telling you, it, it's like some some crazy stuff out of like a maybe like a. Freddy Krueger looking kind of film, man. I mean, the way that they actually do these characters and these models and stuff, and it, it, like this weird, looks like a scorpion, like alien thing. Uh, it's it's quite disturbing, actually. It's really funny. He's like slicing his arm off or something. And fast forward, he gets this big laser beam, kills the uh, this dude, and then saves the day. Now he's jamming on stage. He actually plays a guitar. But uh, yeah, this film is—it's—it's uh, it's one of those crazy films, you know. Again, one of those things that you just kind of like. You, you, you know the whole concept is ridiculous, you know, Howard the Duck, I mean, come on, the whole concept of this film is just bizarre in general, um, but something about it, you know, I mean, seeing this as one of the first films when I was a very, very young kid uh, was just kind of interesting, you know, that the time that that I'm living in where they can create such elaborate, you know, stories or characters, um, you know, entertainment in the sense uh, that just is out of this world, you know, I mean, whoever thought of the idea 
Um, and I'm not actually sure who the original creator of Howard the Duck is, but like I said, uh, Marvel were the guys involved in creating the actual comic book character. And uh, the, the biggest beef about this film is when it came out, people were comparing this to like, okay, this doesn't really fit the comic book. It doesn't have anything to do with the character from the comic book. They kind of went off the charts and they kind of just did like their own thing or I guess their own variation of what the movie might have been. And uh, they also kind of say the same thing about like the Mario Brothers film too. And that came out around the same time. Uh, the Mario Brothers film was basically completely a new story that Mario was not even, you know, it doesn't follow the video game at all in a sense. But uh, yeah, so this was just kind of like, in a sense, like somebody's vision of the character from the comic book, I, I, I guess. And uh, George Lucas took a big hit on this film. I mean, when this film came out, they lost a lot of money. Uh, like I said, the actual duck costume was a very, very expensive and they actually didn't recover any of the, you know, the main expenses from this film. Uh, in fact, if I look up here, I can probably get a little bit of uh, information on it. There might be some more information on the film itself. Uh, let me see here. I know that they said that they actually had lost money on this film. And this is not the one I'm looking for. Let's see here. There was uh, something on here where, I, if I can't find it, not a big deal. But anyway, my, my impressions of the film itself, uh, like I said, it, it was one of the very first films I've seen. Uh, in my opinion, uh, yeah, I, I, I get why people say it's like one of the worst films ever. I mean, it literally has like, I think a one star review. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that did not enjoy the film itself. And, uh, let me see here. 11 far out facts about Howard the duck. All right. Let me see if I can pull this up here. And uh, let me see. John Landis couldn't 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 have directed it. I guess I don't know. Howard the Duck began life as a surrealist comic book. Yeah, I've already talked about that. Marvel written by okay Steve Gerber was the guy that read it. I mean wrote the actual I guess character. Uh, Howard made his debut in 1973 issue of Adventure into the Fear series and came uh, with a wild backstory born in another dimension. An anthropomatic bird ended up in getting stranded on Earth. All right. George Lucas wanted the film to be animated. So, yeah, OK, that that was the other thing is that since it was a live action film, that's why they said it was kind of far out for being what it was, because uh, they wanted it to actually animate it. But I think because of those issues, they, they were thinking that this might actually come up as a like a Daffy the Duck kind of thing or a Disney thing. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I, maybe they didn't go that direction. Um, Martin Short and Robin Williams auditioned for the voice of Howard the Duck. That's interesting. John Cusack also tried out. Ultimately, through ultimately though, it was Broadway star Chip Zine, original Into the Woods cast member, that delivered Howard's lines. Okay, didn't even know that. 
So let me see. Leah Thompson actually took guitar lessons during the production to actually learn how to play guitar. Tim Robbins threw. They got all the ducks wrong. Okay, I don't know what that is, but anyway, the Howard suit was incredibly complex. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was told. Unlike most high-tech creatures, suits that had been built in the past, all Howard's wires, motors, and batteries were fully contained within the body. A four puppeteer team with was in charge for regulating facial expressions via remote control. Apparently, their individual jobs were quite specific. One person was only concerned about the eyes. Somebody was doing the mouth and so forth. Yeah. The Dark Overlord Master was created by Jurassic Park's dinosaur supervisor. That's interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of these things kind of come together, and then you can kind of, like, figure out, like, how they all kind of intertwine. So, Universal, I'm sure they use things from Jurassic Park, like they said. Uh, Universal set up a Howard the Duck hotline. In 1986, you could have called 1-900-410-DUCK and heard Zine, Zine promote the music character. Okay, the movie character. Okay, that's kind of interesting. All right, the film landed one actor a role in Spaceballs. Chip Zine was the voice of Howard, but who was in the duck suit? Most of the time, it would it was actor Ed Gale. So this guy named Ed Gale, I don't know. But these are just a bunch, bunch of like facts and things about it, so... Uh, yeah. So anyway, that was Howard the Duck. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, uh, I'll put that there's uh, spoilers on this because uh, I, you know, obviously I went through the whole film, uh, as for story and everything like that, it kind of had, you know, not as much story as you might want in a film, but it was definitely far out and, um, yeah, go out and, uh, find it for yourself and watch the film. I know you could probably get a digital download of it or something like that, but I actually have the DVD special edition of it, which I'm sure is actually maybe probably hard to get a hold of now. So, but it ultimately this this kind of became a cult classic. You know those kind of films that were never really popular at the time. Uh, then people started to you know gain interest in it later on, and then they, you know the people actually enjoyed like watching bad films like this in a sense. So they actually kind of made this into a cult classic in a sense, and they probably actually made back its money later on. Who knows? Maybe not. But that is Howard the Duck. And uh, again, oddly enough, it's one of my favorite films uh, that I technically don't really watch that much, but just down in, you know, deep down in my mind, it's just one of those films that kind of shaped, you know, who I am and everything that I like in today's you know, stuff and my music and all that and whatnot. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, we'll go ahead and sign out and we'll uh, move on to some other topics. Maybe we'll do some more of these movie uh, podcast things. I'm not quite sure how this mends with like the whole, uh, you know, copyright stuff and whatnot, but we'll see how these go. If uh, there's an issue, we might not do so many of them, but this one is just a special. So again, Thank you very much for joining us on Life in Space. This is the movie review. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day.